The phone conversation between fantasy veterans Bob Harris and Matt Waldman is a quick and dirty rundown of players, units, or teams from Sunday's games. Feel it or fuck it is our instant verdict on the fantasy value of a player or situation, not the ability, effort, or character of the player. This is just how two old-timers in this industry talk when they got a lot of cover in a little time. Mm, good morning, Matt Waldman. We have uh, made it through, well, some of us have made it through week 15. Uh, not everybody, it's fantasy playoff time. Also, it turns out attrition is a thing in the NFL. In case you weren't aware of that, we become more painfully aware each and every week. And for every opportunity that is lost, uh, others are created, fortunately for all of us. And so, uh, so how are you doing today before we get going? I'm pretty good, pretty good. I'd put out the... The top 10 at football guys a little early. Um, so, you know, if you want to check that out, you can find it at, at footballguys.com. Of course, the top 10, or you can just look up Matt Waldman in the search bar and you'll find the articles there. What, but, what about the early bird special? What about that? That ends. That, that's a good question. That ends actually Thursday night at midnight. So still time. It's still time. 1995, 1995 at um, Matt You can go there immediately and get it and you get the pre-draft and post-draft along with it and um you know it's it's by far the best thing i do so go check that out all right let's talk about some of this uh aforementioned uh attrition and rising opportunities and change and and rebirth in the nfl the vikings receivers uh feel them are fucking with nick mullins at quarterback i'm feeling them i was really unsure coming into this but after watching that game you know, I think the the value of these receivers when you have Justin Jefferson, who might be one of the best three route runners in the NFL, um, and also an acrobatic style, high flying player, then you have TJ Hawkinson, who's great in zone coverage and well positioned himself in man, and Jalen Addison, a promising young receiver in a Devonta Smith mode. When you see that these players are reliable as route runners, it inspires confidence from even just NFL caliber, not starting caliber, NFL caliber quarterbacks to fit the ball into tight spots because the receivers are where they need to be. And Justin Jefferson put on an absolute clinic on even just three routes last week. So he may, you may want to bump each of these guys down a tier from what their absolute potential is, which is wide receiver one, TE one, tight end one, and then for Smith, you know, top, or I mean, Addison, top 15 wide receiver, bump them down a tier, but they're all startable still. So yeah. I would go ahead and, and take that chance. And the same goes with Mullins. If you really are desperate for a quarterback in a super flex or even in a, in a league with, you know, 12 to 15 um, teams, you might, if the matchups are good enough, you can give Mullins a shot. Uh, first of all, I'm going to apologize to Jordan Addison, not because you just called him Jalen. What is the matter with you, Matt? Um, but I'll, I'll, look, all these kid names, I confuse them. John uh, Best, but, Travis Best, I don't know. Yeah, you know. it's hard to figure out. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, I, like I was dialed back on him a little bit just in general because it'd been a it had been a lengthy run of not goodness, right? Of fantasy not goodness. Um, but you know that you know overlooked the fact that he had moved up in the rotation after starting the season locked down in the third spot you know wasn't you know playing in the 11 personnel and so uh he's moved up from that and also he's very good eyeball test you know just watch that game go, oh that guy's yeah I forgot he's pretty good because i've been focused on the box score and the fantasy numbers right 
And so I was just dialed back looking at the outcomes and not looking at what was going on in the field. Just and quickly, I don't want to belabor the point, but you know, Jeff Manns reminded me of something a couple of weeks ago on the Fantasy Sports Radio XS Sirius XM pregame show. We were talking about some of the players that we were maybe a little more or less interested in, and some of them were quarterbacks we were talking about, like maybe Nick Mullen. And Jeff's point was this, and it dovetails with something I said all offseason long that we talked about on this very podcast, is that receiving talent has come to a point where it can it can raise the level of quarterback play, right? The receivers are good enough at making catches and running routes, like you said, you know, being in places when they're supposed to be there, that make these guys that formerly would have been just just guys, just journeymen, uh, serviceable, not just for NFL purposes, but maybe for fantasy purposes. So, and and it's something else I, you know, to go back to what I've been talking about all offseason, I was going to not let less than ideal quarterback situations scare me off of wide receivers. And I think the lessons I learned from last year with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and maybe Mark Cooper and other guys where we perceive there's going to be, oh, it's not great quarterback. We really overplay that in our mind and decide that those receiving assets aren't going to be what we need them to be. And and we might have done that this year with Michael Pittman Jr., right? Yeah. Um, so uh, so those are lessons we should take from all this. And uh, and also, apparently, journeyman quarterbacks are a thing because Jake Browning is a thing, and he's a dominant force in fantasy football right now. Uh, QB2, yeah. Feeling her, feeling her fucking for, uh, for the next two weeks. He's playing Pittsburgh and Kansas City. Well, I think Pittsburgh's going to be a tougher matchup because Minka Fitzpatrick is most likely to get back on the field. And then once that happens, I don't think we're going to see the same Jake Browning performance that he had in the first week against Pittsburgh. But that said, um, you know, then he faces Kansas City. And Kansas City's a little bit weaker <clears throat> um, than what they've shown in the past few weeks. They've given up a, a fair bit more. But... Uh, it's the same kind of principle does apply that when you have T Higgins and I know T Higgins hasn't had a great fantasy season, but he's been wide receiver 21 since Jake Browning took over. And part of that is bad defenses in the fact that they played the Jacksonville Jaguars and made Jake Browning look like the best quarterback of all time. Um, but they tend to do that with a lot of the players that they face, but they've also faced, you know, the Colts and the Vikings who are mid tier defenses. So it's not all just that the defense has made Jake Browning look good. He throws the ball well in the middle of the field. Timing routes are strong. He'll stand in against the blitz. He just doesn't have that Joe Burrow. Let me roll to my left, roll to my right and throw a ball, you know, 30, 40 yards downfield or even 25 to 30 yards downfield on the move and put it in a timely manner for a guy like T. Higgins to go up and get it. So Higgins is going to be a little more boom-bust. Jamar Chase is still going to be Jamar Chase, which basically means if you say who's the best um, wide receiver in the NFL and you say that young veteran from LSU, you probably have a 2-5 and five chance of being right that they're, that you've guessed right, the, you know, the best wide receiver in the NFL. Um, so with that in mind, that surrounding talent plus Tyler Boyd and what Mixon can do, you, I <clears> think <throat> Browning still is a worthwhile, probably low-end quarterback one if as, that's how you regard him, even though he's way outperforming that. Right now, based on results, based on film, you can still probably get him at, you can still probably value him if you need a player at the bottom end of the of the QB1 scale and and play the matchups. I may well remain skeptical a little bit or, or not skeptical like obviously the points were coming right he had 50 fantasy points over the previous two games but this game he's playing a Minnesota defense that seems like it's been doing some really crazy uh 
shit with their blitzing and whatnot, right? Like Brian Flores has gone off the charts, and it's been super effective. Uh, that defense has been very good. Um, and Jake Browning didn't seem to be uh, especially phased by any of it. So I'm with you. I agree. I'm feeling Jake Browning for the next two weeks uh, for exactly what you said. I mean, I'm not going to go overboard. I'm not going to expect that, you know, top five performance every week. But it might happen. It's there. It's there. And, and, and some of this may depend on Jamar Chase's availability. He suffered the AC joint injury. And so I know with running backs, they just strap those things in place. And But that's because they're all, like, hunched in, and that's what they need to do. I don't know how that how well that works for receivers who maybe need to reach for I joke so. that getting hit probably feels better for the running back. It probably <laughs> pops it back into place for a little bit. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, so uh, attrition is not only, uh, you know, opportunities for – redemption for players it's also for analysts uh so let's go to uh <laughs> i don't know if there's any redeeming um let's any, go yeah let's go let's go are you feeling oh, i know you are are you feeling or fucking trey sermon uh and let's let's pair him up trey trey sermon and tyler goodson uh zach moss injured in this game we're not sure what the severity is but you know could miss a week let's say he does miss a week are you feeling those guys as viable uh viable fill-ins and do you have a preference yeah, I think they're both viable fill-ins um, this week. You know, Trey Sermon looked, I would say, competent. He looked competent in in the Colts' offense. He didn't make really any mistakes as a decision-maker. He showed some ability to at least bounce outside and outrun pursuit that was penetrating through the, through the line. Um, he showed some power and some pad level. Um, you know, was there anything special about what I saw, no. To be honest, he looked more like a mix of like Jordan Howard and and Jamal Williams with a dash of maybe David Montgomery. If you're going to hope for a little ath- more athletic promise, none of that is going to get most fantasy people excited about him long term. And I think that probably long term, it's probably a fuck it at this point. I think we've already known okay. that, but it's but short we'll term. but short term, I think he has a chance to to be a closeout back against Atlanta. Whereas Tyler Goodson, to be honest, I think has more long-term value for this organization um, on a weekly basis if um, when Jonathan Taylor returns. Because Goodson... Right. Go ahead. Go ahead. What, Goodson, Goodson is an explosive athlete who I thought got limited <clears throat> by his system at Iowa where I was told by a scout that Iowa when they run zone plays, especially outside zone, that they don't like to see their running backs cut back and they eliminate the cutback as an option in their playbooks, which is something that Tyler Goodson is naturally very strong at. So you kind of see him in the limited capacity there, but he was a really good receiver in terms of route running. And he kind of reminded me of like an aspiring Austin Eckler in terms of the skill sets that he might be able to bring to the table. And he looked good in Green Bay, in the past two preseasons when they used them, but I just don't feel like that they could keep they could keep afford to keep them based on other needs that they had. I think he's going to end up being a keeper for the Colts, and I wouldn't be surprised if he gets paired with um, Jonathan Taylor next year as maybe the third down back. And I and because he's a big enough runner and plays big enough between the creases. Wouldn't be surprised if he's still more productive than Trey Sermon next week if they both end up getting to play. <clears throat> Reminder, Jonathan Taylor not off the table for next week, and Atlanta has given up the second fewest fantasy points to uh, running backs in the uh, NFL so far this year. So that's something worth noting as well. And also, um, I 
maybe they turn into like Zach Moss, like <laughs> like who hasn't been great from a fantasy perspective the last two weeks. But but right, so like this time of year, you're taking the gifts that are given to you and feeling yeah. them to the degree you need to, and and not overplaying the hand. Uh, I think we all know that. Uh, speaking of not overplaying the hand. Uh, it turns out uh, the, uh, <laughs> the uh, Las Vegas Raiders can score points. Uh, we saw them go from, what, 0 to 63 in a matter of days. Uh, Trey Tucker was a big part of that, had two touchdown catches. Uh, feel it or fuck it on Trey Tucker? I'd say, I'd say fuck it for right now, but I'm open to the idea of feeling it next week and, I mean, after next week, which means that keep <clears> an eye on him. He's He's only had, like... He's been a regular part of the offense, but regular part of the offense for him translates to about two catches for thirty to fifty yards five times this year. Um, he had two, he had, th- you know, three catches last week for two touchdowns. So I understand right. he's a high variance play, but he's, but I saw him as kind of a Jalen aspiring Jalen Waddle type of player in style, and they kind of used him in the Tyreek Hill role in the offense last week where he got that late he gets the late motion he's working over the middle and then other Mm. player defenders are drawn to like Devonta Adams or Jacoby Myers and he gets some of the wide open looks and he's got the speed and he's got some decent routes that are under his belt he's just not a complete player yet so if he does well with more volume next week and you're really desperate for a wide receiver for he's or uh, let's say if you're really desperate for wide receiver he, for he might be worthwhile now but if you're right but if you're if you're wanting to see if he can be a surprise starter for a team where maybe you need to play ma- matchups for your wide receiver for wait one more week and see if he can help you out in week 16 right it was a pretty even split by the way just for you know with him and hunter, hunter renfro it's like 29 27 were the snaps so it's not like he's got a you know the full Full role there. No. Uh, so it, it, this was more he got caught up in a whirlwind of super productive work. I can't even make Mark Davis haircut jokes this week because the Raiders were so damn good. I think I just did without without actually making the joke. But well, you know, it. someone with no hair making fun of people with hair, uh, you know. It's easy pickings. I got it last are, are week. We not Mark the, Davis are, gets it next are, week. You know. Are we not at the point where I, you know, where you know you can't screw this up? It's just a good look, no matter what. All right, it's uh, the Lex Luthor special, man. Let's go to the Texans of Houston, where a couple players uh, shined, uh, and uh, and one surprisingly so, maybe less surprisingly so. I don't know. Noah Brown uh, led the team in receiving without uh, Miko Collins and Tank Dell done for the season, uh, and with Case Keenum at quarterback. Competency is apparently a thing uh, that they're interested in. I thought it was Davis. Was it Davis Mills? No, it was Case Keenum. Okay. He got to start. Oh, okay. Um, And played, and played well. Uh, Played relatively well. Noah Brown, eight catches, 89 yards, had the touchdown. Also, Devin Devin Singletary in in a matchup that we all expected this team to run rampant against, or not, uh, what, ran for 120-plus yards. Uh, So are we feeling those guys going forward? Yeah, absolutely feeling Noah Brown. Yeah, Look, I didn't I'm even sorry. say the fuck because I knew we were going to feel it. Yeah, totally feeling both. <laughs> I mean, I recommend David, Devin Singletary yesterday to somebody who was looking for him um, compared to, I think, the Chiefs running backs. And I yes, think that, for sure. you know, Singletary certainly, you could tell even when Damian Pierce was coming back that Singletary was kind of taking this job and and making the Texans think about, should we just stick with the hot hand? Because that's really what's going on here. So, yeah, the mighty, the little engine that could 
keep rolling with Singletary and Noah Brown. I mean, look, he's he's probably the best receiver on this roster right now. If when um, Collins isn't available, um, so he's a he's a viable fantasy start every week that Collins isn't in there. Yeah, my guess is C.J. Stroud will be back next week, and so that adds to the vibe. And by the way, Damian Pierce, one carry, three yards in this game compared to the 26 carries for Mr. Devin Singletary. I think the Texans have made their vote clear. And uh, and this is another offense where I think, you know, we look at C.J. Stroud and we think he's he's great. I think, and he is. I mean, he's been great. There may be more to it than this. Maybe this is a whole system that comes over with Kyle Shanahan's people and D'Amico Ryans is the head coach, but also Bobby Slowick is the offensive coordinator. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not going to accuse someone of being a system quarterback or this or that or the other. I'm just going to say there's a system that seems to be favorable uh, to creating offense, and it might be that one that comes from San Francisco. Uh, you got anything to add to that? Well, I mean, I think, yeah. I mean, I think that part of it's that, and there is good young surrounding talent. Yep. Um, and teams can also be a little unfamiliar with how a scheme matches up against them i mean they're this is the afc and they're taking an nfc you know a successful nfc scheme and putting it in there where a lot of the afc teams haven't seen it enough um you know at least to the way it's executed with little wrinkles so i think it's a lot of things on that and and certainly the the shanahan scheme can help all right, fair enough. Uh, so you invoked the uh, Kansas City uh, running backs. So let's take a look at them really quick. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Jarek McKinnon. I feel like we've been over this, and I don't feel like my opinions have changed greatly. Uh, how are we? How are we feeling with those guys? Feeling or fucking? By the way, uh, it sounds like if you believe Andy Reid that there's a chance Isaiah Pacheco could return this week. I don't know that I'm buying that. He had a procedure last week on his shoulder he's back to doing walkthroughs but i'm not like op- i'm maybe not as optimistic as andy Reid. yeah and clyde edwards hilaire had a good game last week uh, or this past weekend but i still think jarek mckinnon's the safer play for fantasy because too. of what he does in the red zone and on third downs get clyde I'm- edwards hilaire is a little more game script dependent and and that's a big deal so fuck i think that C-H. i think that's what I yeah. think that I think our like this. It, I mean, it was a bigger game for Clyde Edwards-Helaire, but I think it's only solidified, you know, in terms of workload. I think it's only solidified that exact point you make. Uh, we're feeling them as game script dependent. With McKinnon, like he's like he might even get to run some, right? I mean, yeah. like so, you know, whereas Edwards-Helaire isn't going to get uh, some of the juicier bits that uh, that McKinnon's getting. I totally agree yeah. with that. Um, <clears throat> back to that Houston-Tennessee game, Traylon Burks. Uh, led the team in receiving, I believe. Is yeah. that is that correct? Am That's I not correct. lying about that? Um, feel or fuck them. Fuck them for right there now. There you go. Don't don't believe it right now. I mean, I think that you know, obviously, there's talent to be mined with his game, but it's it's still a work in progress right awesome. now. So let's just remember that you know when we look at when we look at this overall, that this was one game, and I don't think one game is going to make <laughs> that huge of a difference for you. Um, you know, just see what happens next week. See if he gets more touches and targets. And then if you want to play him in your final week, go for it. Yeah, we'll see who the quarterback is there as well. Will Levis had the ankle sprain and uh, sounds like he'll be getting further checking on that. But it does seem like a, that injury looked way worse than it. Maybe it's going to turn out to be. Who knows? Maybe uh, Will Levis is some version of the mutant that is Trevor Lawrence and ankle sprains and whatnot. Do not slow them down even one iota or 
at least perceivably so. Uh, Baker Mayfield as the Buccaneers quarterback for 2024. Starting to feel it. Um, I think that it just, you know, is it going to be a Geno Smith type of situation from like this year to next? There's a possibility that that could happen. Um, But I think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are probably going to take a chance based on how well he's helped the offense stay as good as it's been because it's not exactly a great offensive line. Um, So I I don't love Baker, but I like what he's doing this year within, you know, within his capabilities. So, yeah, I'm feeling it. Yeah, and we'll see if Mike Evans comes back. Seems unlikely at this point. They they would maybe already gotten a deal done, but Chris Godwin's still there. And guess guess Chris Godwin says he can still play. Apparently his wife was right. No, I don't know. She called Todd Bowles a liar. I thought that was like a one-week squeaky wheel thing. It may be permanent when you have your wife call out the coach. You get the you get the grease forever after that. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Elijah Higgins, the Cardinals' tight end, not named Trey McBride, uh, caught a touchdown pass, caught all four of his targets in this game. Uh, McBride went down with the injury, came back. Seems like another AC joint situation that maybe he will play through. We'll see how that plays out. But what are your thoughts on Elijah Higgins in general? I'm feeling the idea of keeping an eye on Higgins for the next couple of weeks in case you need to insert him into the lineup when if Trey McBride is out. Um, I'm feeling him enough that he was a that long term, much more long term. I'm feeling him because you know the Chiefs outbid eight teams to get him um, when the Dolphins decided to drop him to hold on to running backs because they have a decrepit running back room in terms of age. But you know, overall, it's still a long term project with him. So other than like these you know special circumstances fuck them for right now i think i'll buy that and it is i mean it's like a one-shot deal uh, jeff swaim left that game as well yeah. with a calf injury so you know maybe just a fortuitous situation is that the case with kevin harris the patriots running back i usually support all the harrises that i can i'm not sure i can get behind kevin can you i like kevin harris um but well, i, I mean, generally, I generally I mean, like, like harris can you support him yeah, I I would say this. Can um, you carry him like you carry me? How <laughs> are we not sure that's not the other way around? But um, I I would say that with Harris, he's an, he. I would keep an eye out for him just from the standpoint that he did look pretty good running the ball. He can catch the football. He knows the system well. He's had moments and isolated snaps over the past two years with the Patriots. So. If there's if Ramondre Stevenson is not available next week to play, I I would consider picking up Harris um, just as a player to to hold on to as maybe a desperation play during the playoffs if you're low on running back talent and something <clears throat> happens with Ezekiel Elliott between now and 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 the next game. Right, it's like a, a young talent on a team that brought him in. You know, there's maybe some room for that. I think the the essential question of this week, however, based on the performance that we saw against Kansas against Kansas City or against Kansas City against the Dallas Cowboys, a tough defense. Is James Cook elite? Well, he's certainly playing that way. He's he's fifth on the board right now for in PPR leagues. Um, I think we're seeing a lot of what that promise was. I know where I had him rated high last year from the standpoint that he fits the system well and they're really starting to lean on him more. I think they were, I think the Bills were a little cautious about how using him and they, and I think they didn't feel comfortable with how knowledgeable he was with the passing game. Um, And maybe he pushed a little too hard as a runner to not 
that led to some mistakes. I think he's starting to um, really get, this year has been really an acclimation year where he's a lot more comfortable and he's not thinking as much and it's showing up in his play. So, yeah, I'm, if there's like, you know, if Austin Eckler is starting to decline, maybe more so the team around Ascend him. Is on. You, you know, is on maybe J James Cook is one of those candidates to be <clears throat> the, the next Austin Eckler type. Right, and it turns out you don't have to be concerned about the goal line carries. He'll still score touchdowns. doesn't have to all come from inside the five-yard line. It, uh, it turns out they can come from a distance, and it pl helps. Playing in an offense, you know, even with your quarterback being the best goal line back, an explosive uh, offense with that level of talent uh, seems to be working in his favor. Uh, Bijan Robinson next year. Uh, so just let me take a moment to remind everybody that Jameer Gibbs is now ahead of Bijan Robinson. And everything I said about B Jameer Gibbs this summer is 100% correct. I don't like to take victory laps, but I took a lot of abuse for this. But this was more about, let me set this up. Let me finish. This isn't just about patting myself on the back. It's starting there. That's not where it's ending. Um, so next year, Bijan Robinson, I'm going to be pounding the table for Bijan Robinson this summer like I was for Jameer Gibbs because people are going to be paying the premium for Gibbs and dial back a little bit on Bijan. Um, probably. Maybe not. Maybe I'll still. I'm fucking feeling that. I uh, know. I'm fucking feeling that without right. a shadow of a doubt. But there are right because, like, like I said, going in, both of these guys are very good. It's the they was the argument was if the if the if the if all the draft capital and all the things that worked in favor of Bijan made him a first round pick in fantasy last year, then why the hell wasn't Jameer Gibbs worthy of a third round pick or maybe a little higher in fantasy also? And it turns out he was. Um, also, it turns out that maybe both of these guys will have different offenses or different coaches calling the plays next year. Ben Johnson in Detroit, a, uh, you know, a hot coaching head coaching candidate. Carolina has an eye on him. Also, Arthur Smith, not necessarily a lot to return. Maybe he will. I mean, maybe some of this depends. Uh, maybe some of your answer on Bijan next year depends on Arthur Smith. Yeah, I mean, it, I, honestly, whether it is or it isn't Arthur Smith, I think Bijan Robinson will be the man next year. Um, mainly because even he's still what, like running back 11, yes. even with yeah, all nine. the drama. Gibbs is nine. With, I was overstating yeah. my case yeah. a little bit. But still, with all the drama, Bijan Robinson is still a top 12 running back. Yep. I, <clears throat> listen, I think, I think, I still believe somewhere in, in my guts that, that, that Arthur Smith is just like, look, we're not that good this year. We know that we're going to, we're gonna keep splitting time. Why am I gonna why am I gonna run this guy into the ground when we need to get better at quarterback? You know, if they get Justin Fields, if they get Justin Fields and Bijan Robinson, you know, in Atlanta, Bijan Robinson will be a top five running back. I don't 100%. think yeah, I don't think it's even gonna be a, a question. And I'm willing to make the mistake on going too high on Bijan Robinson um yep. next year last this year i was not i was one of those that was like no nope, don't draft him in the first round he's not going to be worth that but this you know 2024 absolutely yep i uh, totally agree with that so christian mccaffrey is he the running back one next year and there's only one possible answer yes that yeah <laughs> that is the answer. He, i don't care if he's gonna turn 28 he's he's the top one so it reminded me, I went back and looked at what I wrote last year about him in this offense. You know, he was traded six weeks into the 2022 season. 
Uh, San Francisco is 3-3, three and three, struggling to find offensive consistency. They won 12 straight after McCaffrey became a starter. Granted, Brock Purdy came in and started a number of those games. They didn't lose until he was hurt. So you can make, make whatever argument you want about both of them. And by the way, both being discussed as possible MVP candidates. But before McCaffrey came on board last year, Niners ranked 19th in the NFL in points scored per game at 20.3, 18th in yards per game at 340.2, and expected points added minus 0.05. After his arrival last year, 49ers ranked second with 29.8 points, fourth with 379.6 yards, and second with uh, with an EPA of 7.4 in those same categories. Over the final six weeks of the season, he ran 101 times for 505 yards, four touchdowns, caught 27 passes for another 262 yards and three touchdowns. So Fuck when running early, backs don't matter. What When you're drafting early, what are you looking for? Leverage over the field, right? He averaged 22.2 PPR points per game in his final 10 games last year, including five outings with at least 25 PPR points. That's leverage. What changed? What changed from any of that? Right? <laughs> Nothing has changed from any of that. He is still that same guy. Of course, we're drafting him number one. I think we've made our point there. We're feeling it. What about uh, Keenan Allen and Brown, top five wide receivers? Do we have a common message here? Yeah, you don't always have to have blazing speed to be a top wide receiver it's about how they fit in their offense and one of those things is and also the skill sets you're looking for is great route running especially zone route running which isn't always easy to do some players like Debo Samuel are great zone route runners but not very good man-to-man route runners some players are better zone route runners than man-to-man um, and then some can do both Allen and Brown St. Brown can do both um and they're used in a manner where they can play inside and outside and their versatility reigns there. Jaden Reed may wind up one of those players. The difference between Reed and those two options I just mentioned, Allen and Brown, is that Reed actually has speed. So um, I would say continue to continue to find Jaden Reed to be a promising option. Well, well, depend on the offenses for those respective teams. I know in Allen's case this year, it was, this, it was a change in offense. No change in outcomes, right? I mean, if anything, he was better uh, or at least uh, equally a solid. St. Brown, I mean, it, it, same play caller, but might be a change next year. Yeah, and, I, and I'm still, you know, you. I would say right now, obviously we're going to learn more, but if you're going to be one of, if you're one of those crazies drafting in January and you're, you know, in, yes. in those leagues that you do, you know, Guilty. underdog and all that, you're still going to be betting on Allen and Brown until you get more information. Are we going to bet on? Are we going to bet on Brandon Ayuk as a wide receiver one? Oh Taylor hell Hunter. yeah, I'm feeling Ooh. that. I'm I, I think he's the best route runner on their team. I think he's a he's developed into one of the top route runners, and you know he's already he's he has a thousand yards at this point. He's wide receiver fourteen right now. Um, I I think his career is only moving up. And he and Purdy really have a connection that's only going to get better. So I would take that bet, and and I'm going to get him at a bargain anyway. Um, yeah. So why not? There you have it, people. We have felt and fucked many things today. Um, and, and I hope you enjoyed that as much as we did. And, uh, and maybe we'll be back to it again next week if we have the uh, energy. No, of course we'll be back next week. Or the medication. <laughs> medication, yes. <laughs> It's a four-hour joke in here, but I'm not going to make. It. I was, I was just thinking the clinic, but anyway, <laughs> either way, there's lots of jokes to be made. Thank you, love you, Bob. Love you, bye. <laughs> bye.